Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Question is on order in the previous question on the resolution. Those in favor say aye. Those opposed, no. Oh. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it. Mr. Speaker, on that I would request the yeas and nays. Pursuant to Section 3S of House Resolution 8, the yeas and nays are ordered. Members will record their votes by electronic device. So what are they? I, I believe that is like a rules. Okay, now they're thing. yeah. So now they're getting the vote on ordering the previous question. I don't have any idea what that means. Even no. Though, even though I was oh. the parliamentarian of my 4-H group, I do not know what they're doing right now. <laughs> um. Uh. But that's not the official vote, and it's a pretty simple. I don't have the exact words, but it's a pretty simple. Uh, impeachment document. It's it's not complex. The president is accused of inciting an insurrection. Yeah, it's four pages, I guess. Often those rules votes are uh, turn out to be the vote uh, because anybody who wants to uh, to do a certain action will vote for the rule that lets it happen, and those against will be against the rule. But. Number three in the House, Liz Cheney came out yesterday and said that she is in favor of uh, impeaching the president. Um, a little of what she said. Much more will become clear in the coming days and weeks, but what we know now is enough, Liz Cheney said. The President of the United States summoned this mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. Everything that followed was his doing. None of this would have happened without the President, she says, and she's a yes vote. 
Mitch McConnell not on the record, but not denying the reports that he has said behind the scenes he believes the president committed an impeachable offense. How that will translate into how he handles the Senate, I don't know. I see both parties just fracturing right in front of our eyes. Uh, you know, and, and it's it, it goes differently when you're in power and when you're out of power, but there's absolutely a faction of people who are pretty loyal Republican voters who are splitting now. Um, we, and, uh, we have two political parties desperately trying to pretend they aren't four political parties. At least four. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the the woke uh, woke chivists, they got nothing to do with Nancy Pelosi and and uh, and uh, uh, Mansion from West Virginia. And any moderates, really, Joe Biden, he's got nothing to do with the woke chivists. He tried to pretend to to get elected, but um, and then on the Republican side, obviously, the division between the super duper Trump loyalists who, you know, believe everything he said and think Dick Cheney or, or uh, Liz Cheney rather is a you know a swamp creature and a rhino or whatever. I don't know. How do you hold that together? I don't know that you should. How about we cancel both political parties, close all their offices, the rest of it, and then just start up some more? I wish we could. So they'll vote at some point today, and we'll bring that to you if it happens while we're on the air. But that it's not in question. It's There's no drama there. The drama is what happens with the Senate, and that can't start before Tuesday, the day before Joe Biden becomes president. So I don't know. We'll see. In COVID news, Jack, the BBC's staff will wear electronic devices to enforce social distancing. The gadget, which resembles a pager, will buzz if the wearer gets too close to someone else and it doesn't uh, record any personal data, it says, or get you in trouble or anything, but you will wear a buzzer. If you get too close to any other human being, it will go off. I thought I had heard that in the United States there was going to be some sort of app we could all have, and then our phone would ping if we were getting close to somebody who tested positive, but apparently that had never came together or not enough people signed up for it or something, because I haven't heard anything about it. Well, an Apple tried to launch an app that will warn you if you came in contact with somebody with the vid, but it's all like, you know, opt in and then reporting in that you had the vid. And the state of Cal Unicornia, according to a road sign I drove past, has some sort of program to do the same. I'm in the media. I'd never heard of it. And honestly, I didn't give it another thought until right now. So <laughs> nice program. So Unbelievable. How is your state doing in getting the vaccine out? Uh, the state I live in, California, is finishing 44th as they have gotten out 24% of the vaccine that they have. So they're basing this off of how much they have distributed, not based yeah. off people or population. Correct. Okay. How much you got this much vaccine, how much of it have you gotten out? California's gotten out 24%, which makes them 44th on the list out of 50 states. That's horrible. That is the state with the most financial capability of dealing with it, but... Um, Well, and if you merely set up one center in each of the five biggest cities in California, you could give it all out by the end of tomorrow, certainly. You almost have to, unless I'm missing something, you almost have to say this is based on the competence of your state's government, because I'm not seeing a right, uh, you know, a a red-blue divide. I'm not seeing a big-small divide necessarily well you'd think you know a, pop, a lack of population density low density well texas would is, be a good excuse texas is ninth for instance second biggest state in the country right they're ninth they've gotten out almost half of their vaccine 
Well, um, that's just a question of competence. Um, right. But then you've got other blue states that are up high. Connecticut is third at 60%. Um, they're a tiny state, but Texas is a giant state. Tennessee is a pretty highly populated state. Um, uh, they're at 51%. Let's get, let's go to the, uh, the, the D- DFL. Yeah. Who are the worst? Arkansas has gotten out 14%. Mm. Georgia 17, counting up Alabama. Now, there's three of your southern states right there. But then it's Hawaii, a blue state. Yeah. has nothing to do with the south. Well, Hawaii it's, it's was a not series part, of little islands. Hawaii was not part of the Confederacy. It would have been interesting if they had been, but they, they were not. Mm. Um, uh, they're at 23%. And then you jump to Virginia, then Idaho. Then it's California, ladies and gentlemen, at 44th out of 50. Jeez, that's just amazing. Wow, that is a, a weird mix of states. You got high tax, you got low tax. Red, blue. Yeah. Uh, huge population centers, much more disparate uh, population I uh, clusters. I think it might just come down to the competence of your government. I'd, I'd be interested to hear what Idahoans think of that, because I know we have lots of folks listening in the great state of Idaho. Uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, or you can text 415-295-KFTC. By the way, number one was North Dakota. 75% of their vaccine they've gotten out to the people. Now that's well, a, Did they get 10 doses? <laughs> it's a sparsely populated uh, state. They were absolutely getting swamped with coronavirus i mean it was uh, south dakota and north dakota had some of the highest cases of hospitalizations and deaths in the entire world yep super crazy late getting to them then it was terrible i don't know i don't know i don't know what you conclude from this other than maybe the conclusion is your government matters the competence of your government matters Part of me wonders, because I want to be fair about this, even though I consider the government of California to be utterly incompetent, it happens to be where I live, and uh, and uh, the idea that anybody who's pro-recall is a white nationalist or an anti-vaxxer or was storming the Capitol as a, a few of the utterly just morally bankrupt politicians suggested. It's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, no matter the size of your state or the or any of the factors we mentioned. If you did, as I joked, get ten doses, you're going to have a hell of a lot higher percentage than if you got a hundred thousand. Right, but then aren't what, you? But then what about Texas? Well, t- t- yeah, I'd have to know how many doses they got. I guess. Yeah. So, so uh, California got more doses than the average state, which would lower your number as it should. Yeah. Well, uh, per one hundred per one hundred thousand residents. So it's based oh. on. Ew. So it's per capita. So that might explain some of it, but, um, you know, just looking at California here, um, percentage of doses administered, 44th. Doses administered per 100,000 residents, 41st. But then they got more of the medicine than all but 17 other states. Nonetheless, in the arse end, 20%. I don't want to be misled by some freakonomics thing that I'm missing. Right. But I'm right. not seeing a, rise or re- a rhyme or reason to who's at the top and who's at the bottom of these lists. What's become just spectac- spectacularly obvious to me, putting aside frontline health care workers, okay? And if you all want it, you get it, okay? You've been dealing incredibly bravely with all of this. Is uh, You know, uh, I agree with our listener, Sean, 
who pointed out, according to the CDC, and this is the up-to-date data, 81% of COVID deaths are people 65 plus. 81%. That's incredible. That's 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 only 16.5% of the population. So vaccinate that 16.5% of the population, which is around 54 uh, million vaccines. One out of seven. That's right. Um, And you'll reduce the deaths and death rate by 81%. I mean, roughly. How, How can you miss that? And, and go into long, torturous, woke sessions where you talk decolonization and have a complex. I actually looked into this yesterday. We got an email from uh, our employer saying, hey, uh, as broadcast, uh, broadcast professionals, you're, uh, you're uh, what do you call it, uh, essential workers. Priority. So you're in group 1C. Oh, 1C. Uh, yes. I, I better roll up my sleeve Woo! now if I'm 1C. Yeah. And I looked into it, and there are just so many different groups and subgroups, and it's complicated, and you have to read it twice to comprehend it. And turns out that anybody 50-plus is in Group 1C anyway, so we're not jumping jumping ahead in in the line at all. But what it didn't say is, just get it out to everybody 65-plus. Instead, this long, torturous, micromanaged, centrally planned plan. You know, to get it out. Just give it to the oldsters, for God's sake. Uh, And radio professionals, obviously. uh, President Biden, uh, soon-to-be President Biden, announced his priority for the the, uh, helping businesses and reopening. Sure sounds like racism to me. Racial discrimination at the least. I can tell you about that and other things on the way. government has declared them essential. The Armstrong and Getty Show. One of my idols growing up was Alex Trebek. You know, and and being able to be on Jeopardy years ago, even though my wardrobe outfit wasn't the greatest choice, they're doing some some guest hosting spots, and it's going to be released here pretty soon, but I have the opportunity to do one of those. That's NFL Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. He will be a Hall of Famer. Um, one of his idols growing up was Alex Trebek from Jeopardy. That's surprising. I don't think that's probably true for most of your jocks. You know, it's funny listening to that clip. I was thinking that sounds just like Aaron Rodgers. Huh. <laughs> All right. I didn't see that coming. I, uh, I, I'm sorry. Alex Trebek died. Seemed like a nice enough guy and everything like that. And I watched Jeopardy. I enjoyed it. But is it is, is it is the, is it the cultural, is it, is it worthy of this much attention? Seems like there's a Jeopardy story every day. Yes. Yeah. I, maybe it's just a diversion from Could all be. the Could be. the COVID and the ugly, ugly politics. Yep. I'll mention that. I got some Netflix news for you that I think it will per- you'll perk up for. The number of new movies that are coming out. But I want to pay this off because I mentioned it. Um, I saw Britt Hume retweet a portion of Joe Biden's speech from the other day. And Britt Hume said, racial discrimination, plain and simple. The Biden-Harris presidency, which it's always referred to as the Biden-Harris presidency, Hmm. in a way that I've never heard in my life, never heard constant Bush-Cheney-Obama-Biden, you know, that sort of thing with everything you talked about. You barely knew who the vice president was my entire life. Well, that's because the uh, president-elect is Ophitig. One foot in the grave, Ophitig. Come on. Anyway, Biden said yesterday, in terms of uh, getting out, he's going to have a giant stimulus package, right? $18 trillion. 
that's going to go out to try to help people. And he said, you know, as any gal can tell you, a lot of guys claim to have a giant stimulus package. (laughs) Not true. Our priority will be black, Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses, women-owned businesses, and finally, having equal access to resources needed to reopen and rebuild, said President-elect Biden. Wow. So after all the carefully, racially doled-out goodies, then we'll just get to business in general. Even though women are, you know, 58% or or whatever it is of college graduates, of undergrads, of grad degrees. Similar to the whole vaccine rollout being a disaster because of this very sort of thing, is that just because of historic injustices that you're going to give out, you're going to help a black-owned business over a white-owned business? It's not keep, the fault of that guy, white guy who owns the bagel shop. Keep going with identity group politics. If you liked Rwanda, you'll love America. No kidding. Is uh, once again, is this uh, is this the sort of thing that's going to calm people down? I don't know. It's a horrible idea. Wow, it's horrible. Picking winners and losers based on skin color. Fan freaking tastic. Anyway, and herding them together like animals and demanding that they all vote the same way. Yeah, that'll lead to a, a more a perfect union. So I don't know if you uh, know this, but movie theaters are closed. Ain't nobody going to a movie practically anywhere. Netflix is releasing 70 new movies, brand new movies in 2021, at least one released every week. I'd say if there are 52 weeks and 70 movies, that would be. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, Math checks out. One and a half, practically. Um, and a lot of big movies, big time movies with big time stars. So like every week you're going to have a brand new A-list movie that will be on Netflix that you can watch at home since you can't go to the theater. Wow. Cool. cool. Yeah. Cool is right. Yeah. Hey, what's the one night in Miami? I've seen some ads from that. That looks really cool. I know nothing. Have you seen that? Zero. It's, it's, uh, Muhammad Ali at the time, Cassius Clay. It's set in 1963, four. It's. Cassius Clay, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, the singer, and Jim Brown, and Jim Brown, the football player, all in Miami at the same time, the like the night before. Twenty-one-year-old Cassius Clay becomes the heavyweight champion of the world, and it's fictionalized, but it looks really good. It's supposed, hmm. to, supposed to be quite the work of art. And I'm sorry, that's on Netflix. Uh, or is that just a regular movie? I'll see it on Netflix. It's a regular movie. Okay. Well, these are yeah. all regular movies, too. Well, I get that, yeah, but it's it's being released on Netflix, or did you say that's a I don't actually release? know. Oh, okay. I assume right. everything's released on the TV, because <laughs> I don't have a movie theater near near me you can go to. Um, yeah. Where is that released? I'll, I'll dig it. I'll dig it up. I was watching... Uh, what did I watch? Oh, I was watching... Um, it releases on Amazon Prime. Ah, cool. I was watching Apocalypse Now last night. Mm. I rented it. The 40th, the the direct, the final director's cut. The oh, way like it was the, meant to be. The nine-hour version. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. They wait only added minute. 20 minutes, but this is what he said he wanted it to be. Anyway, I'm watching that on my really big TV and 4K UHD and everything like that, and I thought, ah, my own food and drink, do I, <laughs> what am I missing here? Anything? Maybe a little bit? I mean, the giant screen's the giant screen, but... I got a pretty big giant screen, and it cost me like $500. It's not like it was expensive. Well, and as an older man, especially during an epic movie of that sort, it's nice to hit the pause button and go relieve myself. Exactly. And come back to the action. Uh, speaking of technology, we're going to talk to the fabulous Jeff Fowler about the Consumer Electronics Show. Oh, yeah. Speaking of big TVs. Yeah. It's, it's very different this year for COVID reasons, but still pretty interesting what they're doing and introducing in the gadgets. I want to ask him about those dancing robots. 
He's into technology. He's probably got an opinion on the dancing robots. Terrifying. We Same were. opinion as everyone. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, preparing to talk about the Consumer Electronics Show, which is going on right now, I've come across the uh, the display of smart lipsticks and smart perfumes. What the what? hell is a smart perfume? What the hell? And yeah, it can talk to your refrigerator and tell you when your eggs are out of your garage door opener. <laughs> or something. <laughs> this stuff still does not make sense to me. Jeffrey Fowler is the technology columnist for the Washington Post. He writes from San Francisco about how to navigate the confusing, occasionally scary, and deeply personal world of tech. And Jeffrey joins us now. How are you, sir? I am good. You know, that smart lipstick and smart garage door goes very well with a smart ass. Just kidding. (laughs) Well, if the shoe fits. So what's the Consumer Electronics Show in 2021, the age of COVID? What's happening? 
Well, it's a, a series of never-ending Zooms, just like the rest of our life has become at home. They actually basically canceled it this year. used to be that they would gather about 170,000 people, Ooh. including a lot of nerds like me, in Vegas for this show. And said this year they said it's going to be all online. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, it's been um, you know, Zoom streams at all times of day and night with companies you know, touting this and that and sort of trying to, in many cases, respond to the pandemic crisis, which I think is actually kind of fascinating um, and deserves deserves a little bit of attention, even when there are a few other things happening in the news, I will, I will admit. Well, that makes me think maybe you're leading up to talking about Razor's new high-tech N95 mask that they've got. Right. Razor, as in, like, I, I missed this one. Razor is in the... the uh, the scooter company? I don't know. It looks like the same spelling. No, no, no? the uh, the computer peripherals company. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, anyway, oh yeah. I was just there, looking there at this. Are actually, smart masks. Yeah, yeah the, no, this is the, a thing. The world's smartest mask. It makes sense that that the consumer electronics show they would be uh, bringing out newer masks. They 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 um they audio process your voice in such a way that you don't you aren't muffled while yeah. still oh. protecting you. Right. Oh, yes. This is the the phone mask idea that there's a microphone inside of it. We've seen all variety of smart masks at CES and these virtual presentations. Uh, so there's, you know, the kind with, with microphones built in so that when you're taking that call or you're meeting somebody on the street, you don't sound like one. Um, uh, also, there are masks. There's one called that we sort of spent a little more time on called the Art, sorry, the AirPop. Active Plus, and it's got this sensor on it that connects, of course, with your phone and lets you know things like um, how bad the air quality is around you and when you need to replace the filter and other kinds of stuff. So mask culture is definitely kind of trying to follow that that smart trend and you know, bring some data to the, to the discussion. Do you see these actually being something people buy, though? I mean, will they be cheap enough and around enough, and will we be needing them long enough that they'll, they'll actually be a thing? It's super cool looking. I'd love to be walking around the office wearing one of these. I, I mean, personally, I want one that makes me look like a badass. Yeah, I know. So they look very badass. Uh, I would rather have one that like lights up and maybe sends messages. But if it's $250 you know? and I'm only going to be wearing a mask for another couple of months, then I probably don't <laughs> want one. Yeah, look, uh, you know, the CES is, is, is a rainbow of things, right? It's like stuff that, that's a dream that will never catch on. It's just like a weird idea. And mm. sometimes it's things that are, you know, very practical and you're going to want to buy pretty much as soon as possible. So you kind of see the whole range of things. And that's why we, we continue to pay attention to it every year. It's just that it's, you know, it's got all those things. Any other notable trends we should know about? So one that I'm personally obsessed with is, um, is, is tech companies trying to figure out how our personal technology can help combat the coronavirus and help bring us back, uh, bring the economy back, help bring us back into public. And, and one of the, the ones that I found super fascinating is this company that makes a product called the Bio Button. They actually sent me one, and I'm wearing it right now just to see what it's like. Basically, it's a sticker that goes on your chest right above your heart, and it's a connected device. And what it does is it basically, you know, when you're in a hospital and they have all those, those sensors hooked up to you and they're getting your heart rate and your temperature and all that stuff constantly, it basically recreates that. It takes your temperature, your heart rate, your respiration, all this kind of stuff, but it, but it gets constant data on that. And then... They're going, looking through the data and they're saying, ah, is there a sign that this person has COVID and maybe doesn't even realize it? So it's kind of an alternative to taking a lot of different COVID and then, tests. And then maces yeah. them? 
<laughs> well, and then says to them, um, are you allowed to go on that cruise ship? Mm. Are you allowed to go to that conference? Uh, you know, so I think, you know, they, they, so this product is just out. It got the, the, the research into it is actually partly funded by the Department of Defense, which is fascinating. And they've already got, uh, for example, some conferences signed up to say, like, hey, if you want to come to the conference, wear one of these for a week before you come to the conference and during it. And so it'll be an extra layer of screening. And so it raises all kinds of fascinating ideas. Like, first of all, we've never really had that much data about our bodies. I mean, yes, some of us wear Fitbits and Apple Watches, but this is a lot more. And it's been cleared by the FDA. So it's actually getting good data. Um, so there's that. But then there's also like, wait a minute, do we want to live in a world where you have to literally have your every breath monitored <laughs> right. um, to be able to go to work or go on vacation or go on a plane. So um, it definitely shows, you know, shows us where things are headed and some of the conversations we're going to be having. Anybody who's ever had a health problem or a doctor has told them it might be this knows it can turn you into a paranoid wreck pretty easily. So, yeah, yeah. You, you become, so, there's so, actually, that's a known phenomenon when you, when you're doing so much surveillance of your body or your sleep or whatnot, you actually lose sleep. Yeah, and then some people call it internet cancer. You know, you look up a, the yeah. variety of uh, the things you've got, and the internet will tell you you've got cancer. Uh, we're talking to Jeffrey Fowler about the Consumer Electronics Show to the extent that it even exists this year. Samsung um, debuted some new robots that are supposed to help around the house. We were just wondering, because we were watching the other day, the it's a Boston Electronics the latest robot video where they're all dancing. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, they, the dog and the, was it kind of like a horse? Yeah, and, and, like and they're do, doing the mashed potato, dude. we can do the twist. So our question for you, because we've asked this question for ourselves, do you, do you watch that and think it's cute and inspiring, or are you terrified? I am more terrified. Yes, we were all I terrified also. We found it terrifying. But I think that's a that universal you... reaction. <laughs> yes. Um, one thing that will make you feel better, however, is that, you know, we've been talking about these robots for a long time, and particularly the Boston, uh, the Boston ones, and yet nobody's really figured out what to do with them. That company has been bought and sold by, like, seven different um, organizations and companies. Really in interesting. The, yeah, in, in the time of this, uh, this phone call we've been having here. So um, I just, you know, it, it, it will get scary, and they're going to keep developing the technology, but nobody's figured out really what to do with it. There's yet. only one thing they can really do, rip off your arms and beat you with the stumps. <laughs> Hard to imagine why they would do that, but uh, you know, it's terrifying. Clearly, the technology exists. Uh, what yeah. else? Do you have anything else uh, in particular that you've witnessed on the endless Zoom calls that we ought to know about? You know, the thing that I think most uh, people will care about is if we've learned one thing in the last year that really matters in our technology, um, it's that you need to have good Wi-Fi. Mm. Like you can't really exist without it. Um, it says there've actually been some surveys that show that Americans find it as important as electricity and running water as an essential in their lives. That's but funny. It's funny you'd mention that when, when, uh, cause I live in a part of the world that's like, I live in Haiti. No, no, California, um, where the electricity gets turned off if it's windy. And so our electricity got turned off the other day. And the first thing my kids, when I get the generator fired up, number one is get the Wi-Fi going. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, but, I mean, it's, lot, it's the like main thing we need electricity for in the modern era. Anyway, you were saying. Totally. But a lot of us got routers and boxes from our internet provider, you know, like 10 years ago. And since that time, the number of connected devices in our house has like increased by 30. You know, our neighbors are all using Wi-Fi. Basically the tech we've got for Wi-Fi now can't keep up, but there is good news. So at CES, we saw the first generation of a whole new kind of Wi-Fi, and it has a really nerdy name that I'm going to share. It's Wi-Fi 6E. 
So if you have the 6E kind of Wi-Fi, um, basically think of it if you're if your internet connection at home is a is is kind of a two lane highway right now, it increases it to like an eight lane highway, and that is a pretty big deal. The way it does that is it opens up a new um, a new wireless spectrum that Wi-Fi can uh, take advantage of, um, and that's a big deal because that that's uh, that's you know part of the the, the wireless airwaves that. Um, your neighbors aren't currently using. It's not competing with other things. Wow. And that means that a lot more stable connections going forward. And I think that's just going to be a huge deal when we all start to get um, these routers that support it. And then also the devices that will support it as well. Those are probably going to start with the ones that really need a good wireless connection, like your 4k or 8k televisions or your, you know, your gaming laptops or, or, or tablets or, or you name it. How soon are those Wi-Fi routers going to be available, do you suppose? Next week. That's the good oh, news. Um, they're starting hello. to go on sale. We've seen a couple of makers come out with them now. The first ones that are coming out, we all know the the, the game with tech. The first ones that are out are, are expensive, and they're not for everyone. But I think um, you know, in the in, in the coming weeks and months, we're going to see a lot more. And basically, if I bought a new router in 2021, I would definitely make sure I saw the letters 6 and E on it. Not just Interesting. Six, okay. 6 and E. Well, that's good to know. Wow. Making a note. Jeffrey Fowler of the Washington Post writes about tech from San Francisco, probably from Texas soon, you know, following all the tech companies uh, to the great state I'm of I'm staying in the Bay Area. I'm all staying right, here George, now. And do whatever you want, Jeff Fowler. It's always great to talk, Jeff. Thanks, man. Sure thing. You want to be farther away from Boston so those robots don't rip off your arms. <laughs> Well, they can probably run at 200 miles per hour, so <laughs> they'll be everywhere running. sooner. <laughs> um, uh, just have to keep moving, keep moving, like it's the the what the Walking Dead. So smart lipsticks and smart perfumes. I actually read what that was. So smart perfume is you got this little container, and it's got several f- scents in it, and you can like. Program it for what you want, and then it will mix the scents together to give you a unique scent. And then maybe you want a different scent for, you know, work than you want for the club. An aggressive um, scent. And then you press your smart perfume, and then it mixes you up a different one. I don't know. I, I, I find uh, that most of this stuff I don't think uh, will ever happen. The The mask one, the masks look really cool if they would work. But again, like I said, I don't know how long are we going to be wearing masks. And... um I bet they're know. kind of expensive. I don't, even, I don't even want to think about it because they, that that brings up the question: Does the thing just keep mutating, and we just—it's always there? This mask looks cool, though. You got to see a picture of it. Would they you, work in the rain, though? I mean, think about it. If you got electricity, not electrocute your, your head. <laughs> Good Sparks question, Michael. You just got to get a smart umbrella. <laughs> just just like your smartphone is constantly electrocuting you in the rain. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I was at Target last night as buying a new uh, Alexa for my son because the original Alexa he got for Christmas a couple of years ago won't pair with his new headphones because the technology changed too fast. Oh. I just love Don't. the fact that you have to replace something that the only thing wrong with it is the new software for that thing doesn't hook up with the... Ah! Planned ah! obsolescence. Planned obsolescence. So I bought a brand new yes. Alexa just so I could do that. Anyway... They uh they had a variety of like the smart speakers and stuff like that that sounds so freaking good completely waterproof, Br- wow. drop proof and waterproof, hmm. and it sounded great and I thought man that is so cool. So that's your excuse for letting Jeff Bezos into your child's bedroom. 
You'd shoot him on sight if you tried that in person. That's some bad parenting. I'll tell you what. I don't know how to react to that. <laughs> so nonsensical, I don't even know where to start. It's as, as stupid as it is unfair. <laughs> anyway, i got a couple of more things that are uh, interesting here, and we'll check in where we are with impeachment as they are like voting and stuff on the floor as we speak. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, I think a lot of Republicans um, at this point, I'm sure that that, uh, Congressman Kinzinger is right, that there's some fear someplace, but I haven't heard it this week. What I've heard from fellow Republicans is that they've had enough. Um, and that the president's conduct, quite frankly, since then, has gotten them upset. I mean, it is a national disgrace that the flag at the White House is not at half-staff for that Capitol Hill police officer, Kinnick, um, who gave his life in protecting um, one of our institutions of democracy. That was over the weekend. The flag did end up flying at half-staff, but um, Chris Christie has said that the riot, uh, the incitement of riot is an impeachable offense. He would vote for it and uh he's you know he, he i watch chris christie every sunday on um on that abc show and he defends the president pretty much anything he's ever done or said yeah what a ride chris christie has had humiliated yeah. by the president on the primary stage then standing obediently behind him in that famous shot and becoming you know part of the team then humiliated again not given a cabinet post <laughs> right then he defends trump for years on the talk shows, and now he's, he's said impeach him. Um, but they're voting right now a bunch of preliminary stuff. Uh, it is expected to pass. It will pass today, the, the, the article of impeachment, and then it will head to the Senate. And then then there is some drama, because are there 17 Republican votes? I think that's what you need to uh, actually boot him out of office. And could that happen? Well, no. Nobody seems to think it can happen before the 20th. So you're not booting him out of office. What are you doing? What exactly are you doing? Well, preventing him from running again, mostly, I guess, according to most constitutional scholars. Okay. So uh, I was trying to watch the proceedings live on Fox News while I was going to the bathroom, and uh, this is what happened. I think I think it'll happen again. That's the audio. The video is Master Control, Fox News Edge. Please stand by for level two cut in. So I'm standing by for a level two cut in, whatever that is, and am unable to watch live. But I do have some quotes. Uh, President, uh, the, the Republicans, both chambers split on supporting the impeachment. Um, let's see. So the debate is going on, then two procedural votes, two hours of actual debate, which will only need a simple majority to pass the measures. Uh, House Rules Committee Chairman Jim McGovern D. Mass said, I saw evil. Of the storming of the Capitol. These are not protesters. These were not patriots. These were traitors. And they were acting under the orders of Donald Trump. Rules Committee ranking member uh, Tom Cole, who's a Republican from Oklahoma, said the House wasn't giving the president enough due process in a snap impeachment that will divide us further. Uh, President Biden, President-elect Biden's going to be sworn in. Give it up. Um, and then let's see. Uh, Chad Pergram of Fox News points out second time in 13 months the House of Representatives is trying to impeach the president. The first one was an idiotic joke. Way to throw away your credibility. And famously, as we've mentioned earlier today, Liz Cheney, the House GOP conference chair, that's the third ranking Republican in the House, 
um, said, uh, the President of the United States summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. Everything that followed was his doing. None of this would have happened without the President. He could have immediately and forcefully intervened to stop the violence. He did not. There's never been a greater betrayal by a President of the United States of his office and his oath to the Constitution. I will vote to impeach the President. Well, about 55% of the country more or less agrees with her, but it's a quite small percentage of Republicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost all Democrats and a, a, a big majority of independents uh, believe that he should be impeached, but not that many Republicans. And, and I wonder if you ran an experiment where you didn't impeach the president over something that, you know, most people didn't care about. And if you didn't claim all these different things for the last four years, and all this happened, If maybe you might have more support. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. They've turned people completely cynical sure. to their crying wolf. By I the mean, way. completely cynical and appropriately so, if you're talking about the media or, or Nancy Pelosi. Word to the wise, or in some of these cases, the unwise, if you're going to commit a crime in a uh, an area where you know there are a lot of cameras, you are going to get caught. They've now arrested Camp Auschwitz guy. You've probably seen him. Long beard. Looks to be in his 60s. Wearing a t-shirt that says Camp Auschwitz with the skull and crossbones. Got a lot of attention last week as he was inside the Capitol rummaging around. Well, you know, there are a million pictures of you. It wasn't too hard to figure out who you are, and he's now been arrested. He's 56. Wait a second. He's roughly my age. Is that what I look like? (laughs) Oh, my God. Um... But, uh, yeah, that should be a lesson to people right there. You are going to be arrested if you go into some place where there's cameras at freaking everywhere. They will find you. They've, they've, they've arrested, you know, horns on his head, loincloth guy and Auschwitz guy and lectern guy and, you know, everybody that there is, there is lots of pictures floating around. They've all arrested, the main characters. All the main yeah. characters from the show have been arrested. Zip tie guy number one, zip, zip tie guy number two. Right. All arrested. Many more to come, according to the FBI. It's one of the widest ranging investigations they've ever done. I, I I can't wait to find out, you know, to to what how many of those people had planned on this? They were going to go in and they had something to do, and it was part of a coordinated effort. Versus the people that were just, um, you know, kind of along for the ride, and the doors were open and they went in. It might be two completely different crowds. Well, yeah, they're pleading that right now. I'm sure. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.